The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations. The Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. For women in the 1970s, the world of rock and roll was darn near impossible to break through. And as Ann and Nancy Wilson would tell you, there were either folk singers, disco divas, or simply ornamental types. Radio was playing maybe one female per hour, but Hart persevered and built a career based on powerful rock music. In fact, early on, they were playing Led Zeppelin covers and doing such a great job that Robert Plant and Jimmy Page would come to see them perform. Nancy Wilson's leg-kicking, spinning, and shredding style revolutionized rock for scores of female players for decades. We'll discuss The Future of Heart, a brand new documentary, and a Nancy solo project as I've got Nancy Wilson on the line right now from her home in California. California. Nancy, how are you? How how's your family doing at this point in lockdown? <laughs> hey Jim, we're doing good. We're actually uh, up in Northern California just you know holding in place and getting creative stuff done. That's great. Is it strange though to not plan for future gigs? I mean, it's a it's a real unknown, isn't it? Well, yeah, we we actually have an off a big offer on the table from Live Nation for Heart to go out and we're um Really hoping we can do it because we're missing it a lot, you know. Yeah. But he's missing everything and everyone. But, you know, we just have to be, take it by baby steps and, you know, hope for the best and get out there when we can or make it a drive in or whatever people are going to end up being, you know, doing for live performances now. Yeah, those drive-in situations look pretty interesting. I guess there's been a few of those. Yeah, they look kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool that you're featured on this I Want My MTV documentary that'll be featured on A&E. And can you believe it's been almost 40 years now since MTV debuted? (laughs) I guess I can. I remember (laughs) when it first was the thing, you know, first came out. We were over in England touring, and um, they didn't have it over there yet. And we were like, oh, my God, you got to check out MTV. It's so cool. <laughs> they didn't get it at first, and then they were, you know, the rest of the world sort of followed suit. But um, it was a really cool time for, for the culture, for music culture, because, you know, a lot of the English bands had their videos were pretty you know, they had already started making videos and the rest of us had to kind of catch up to it. So there was a lot of really cheaply made, still fun to see, uh, strange, you know, white backdrop type videos. Yeah. <laughs> They're cam- like homemade cameras, you know. I'm wondering what kind of an impact it had on you as a band and, and did you have to kind of rethink what you were going to do? Because obviously everybody wanted to do it because it would help you promotionally. For sure. Well, yeah, we did. We um, we started small like everyone else and kind of did home movie type stuff. But then, you know, as it, as the, as the uh, 80s kind of encroached, you know, the next decade started to come along, it got bigger and bigger and bigger, of course, and more expensive and more expensive. And um, after, you know, by the by the end of the era, basically, it was like, you know, it was film film type money that people were spending 
on three minutes of a song, <laughs> you know, so yeah. <laughs> it got way out of hand pretty fast. The well, hair got way too big. <laughs> <laughs> way too big, and the shoulder pads, right? <laughs> the shoulder pads. <laughs> the makeup, the hair, the shoulder pads, the stilettos. One of the more interesting never-before-seen interviews that is in this documentary now is is David Bowie, who was a guest of VJ Mark Goodman, and asked why not so many black artists were featured on the network, which was really interesting at the time, and MTV never aired it up until it now being in the documentary. I know. I never um, had even thought of it, but yeah, it's a really interesting scene where you know, poor Mark Goodman, he's <laughs> put to his metal there. You know, he was really a test of his metal. And um, it's true that, you know, it was just kind of a, I think it, it didn't, it started innocently enough, but there was kind of a lack of, of uh, cultured, you know, blended kind of bands in, in MTV at the time. So when J- Michael Jackson sort of exploded that myth, it all changed from there. You have been working on your first solo album in lockdown. What a great choice for one of your songs, a cover of Springsteen's The Rising. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, yeah. I really love Springsteen. I got to see him do his one-man show on Broadway a couple years back. It was just pretty astounding. And been watching you know, his specials and, and his Western Stars movie that he did and just really inspiring and I figured that that song right now is really appropriate because there are there's so much strife and there's so much loss happening you know in the world right now everywhere and so it's kind of like a prayer it's kind of like a an aspirational uh, you know call to to the souls of the people that are you know just struggling with all of this and you know, as humans on this, you know, on, on our, our beloved earth, we're, we just need some aspiration right now. So that's, that was the reason I did it. That's a great point. Can you mention some of the other players on this album? And by the way, did they record their parts remotely? Yeah, we've been passing around our, you know, our tracks, like every different which way we've been doing it. There's, um, I work with, uh, Working right now on a song with Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Nice. Called uh, "Party at the uh, Party at the Angel Ballroom." <laughs> All right. And I've got most of my heart heart players. A guy named uh, Andy Stoller, the bass player for Heart. Um, ben Smith has played with Heart, the drummer. And um, last time Heart went out, we were with Dan Walker. And then there's another Seattle player, Jeff Fielder, who's really famously great player from Seattle. So I've got a, I've just got my like mad scientists, you know, (laughs) together and me, of course, playing and singing and trying to write new stuff. And um, I think we're going to just call it the lab because it's a bunch of mad scientists. That's great. How exciting was it for you to have uh, crazy on you and Captain Marvel and a heart t-shirt makes a cameo? (laughs) I know, I know. I got to meet Brie Larson, and she's just really cool. She's a heart fan, and I came to one of her press junket days, and I ended up, you know, playing Crazy on You, like, on the spot a little bit with her. She sang it. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I just loved having that 
that female empowerment thing going on. And, you know, superheroes can also be female. That is so great. Well, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about this tour you went on. It was it was quite a while ago, but it was this European tour you did with Queen and I think Nazareth. What do you recall about working with Queen and Freddie Mercury and the guys? <laughs> well, um, being a young upstart band and being able to open for Queen throughout Europe was just a dream, of course, because yeah. Queen is one of the best bands ever on the planet. And we were, you know, we'd play our set and then we'd go sit on the side of the stage and watch Queen every night. And, um, and Freddie Mercury was such a fan of Anne because, you know, he was a diva too. <laughs> All right. And so he'd be like kind of flouncing around backstage going, oh, Anne, oh, Anne, may I borrow your... <laughs> Your eyeliner. <laughs> and Brian May is is one of the all-time most wonderful human beings on, on the planet. And he's just a sweetheart. And, you know, they just really appreciated us and treated us right. They took us to dinners after the shows, closed down restaurants, 12-course meals, and a different wine or, you know, Corbusier from 1922, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But... Uh, <laughs> We were we were always half in the bag, but um, we were young enough at that point. <laughs> at that point, we were all young enough to get away with it. Yeah, you can handle it. Well, look for Nancy on the A&E MTV documentary and coming soon, the Nancy Wilson solo album. We'll call it Lab for now. Stay well, and uh, thanks so much for your time. It was great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too, Jim. Take care. That A&E documentary is currently streaming now, and great news that Hart will be heading out again when it is deemed safe. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Listen to The Fake Show on SoundCloud and get alerts when there are new episodes. Let's go.